0: Welcome to the Lucha Lounge Podcast. I am your host, Elijah Kang, a sound designer by day, but by night, I am a pro wrestling connoisseur, the proud owner of two cats, and the host of this, the Lucha Lounge Podcast. This podcast is all about giving uncommon people a platform to share their ideas and stories with all of you. So thanks for listening. Here we go. The 21st guest on the Lucha Lounge Podcast is a barber. We talk about how barbering runs in his family, about the story behind the very first haircut he ever gave and how he's working towards his goal of owning his very own barbershop. This was a conversation with someone who is doing exactly what he wants to do in life, and I found that very inspiring and motivating. So without any further delay, please welcome my guest, Daniel Bernal. Boom, and we're live. Uh, Daniel Bernal. Bernal. Bernal, Daniel Bernal, welcome to the Lucha Lounge Podcast. Thank you, I
1: appreciate it a lot.
0: So... You are Shauna Danger Dobson's barber. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how we made this connection. But yeah. even before that, I had wanted to talk to a barber for a pretty long time. Yeah, um, There's this uh, guy that I work with, uh, Ted Terra Noir. He's uh, one of my co-workers. He's a video producer. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But he's been like a like a supporter of the podcast since the very beginning. And he always said that like... If he were to interview anyone, instead of, like, people that are, like, super spectacular, like a like an actor or, like, a sports star, he would want to talk to, like, a waitress or a taxi driver or a barber. Because those are the people that have interactions with all kinds of people. Yeah. So, you're talking to kind of, like, the hub of yeah. the wheel. And uh, ever since he said that, I was like, man, that is a good point because a barber would have all the stories yeah. already. And so... Yeah, man, ever since I heard that, I really, I really couldn't wait to talk to you because I know you have a bunch of stories and a bunch of experiences with all sorts of people because the people that walk into barbershop, all races, all socioeconomic statuses, you know, it's all different. So you get this unique experience of being able to communicate and talk and experience life with a wide range of people. And so like, so what is that like? I know that's like a crazy broad way to start it, but like, what is that like? What is it like working in a barbershop?
1: It's a, it's a dope experience. Like you said, man, you uh interact with so many people from different backgrounds. I deal with both, you know, male and female as well. You know, so sometimes having, uh, you know, a female sometimes come and talk to me about their problems. I'm like, man, like you're a female and you're trusting a guy to come and right, right. just vent to. And, and they tell me about their, you know, sometimes their love lives or... Um, other things that you wouldn't even expect, I'm like, it's crazy, but it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and, you know, being a barber, you uh, meet so many people, get to know a little bit about them. Uh, they're from like a different race. You get to know about that, different cultures and countries and traditions and all that. So For sure. it's it's dope, man. You meet a lot of people and I've met a lot of great people being a barber.
0: It's weird because no other real profession outside of like jumping into a podcast like we are now. Yeah. Like, I I get my car to get serviced, like, regularly. I see the same guy, but I'm not talking to him. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, man, take care of the car. You know, let me know how much it costs. And I walk away and he does the work. Or, like, you might go to the same grocery store and see, like, the same cashier or whatever, but you're not talking to them about their life. If you go to a barber, like, regularly, that's, like, 30 to 40 minutes of guaranteed conversation with, with this guy. And there's just something about sitting in that chair where you just tend to open up it's, it's like
1: a it's like a therapy session
0: yeah for sure you no
1: know, uh, like 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 i like i said, you know like there's clients of mine that they come and tell me stories that usually people just share those stories with like parents or family members mm. you know and uh they come and just open up and i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a youth pastor I'm at my church okay. so it, I, it's like i already know what it is to work with people that um you know, need some counseling or some advice. So, you know, that plays a huge role in that. So sometimes, you know, because of that, they're like, man, like, the fact that I can open up to you and you can multitask, you know, cutting my hair, right. but also listen to my stories and the problems that I'm going through. And you can give me an advice on that. Uh, they continue to come back. And sometimes, you know, they tip me really good. You know, I'm like, yeah. man, <laughs> that's that's a plus, you know? But I mean, it's it's more, it's it, you know, it's more than just receiving the cash at the end Sure, you know sure. It's, it's about building a, a a relationship you know there's a there's a quote in the, in the barber game that says um it's just not a haircut it's a relationship between the barber and the client and that's what I try to build with my clients because you build a trust with them you know and when they can trust you with you giving them a haircut and with their issues or their problems you know they feel comfortable they feel like they can open up when they sit you know, in my chair. So, you know, that's the beauty of, of being a barber. And, um, every, every barber that I've, uh, interacted with or my barber friends, I tell him like, I'm, I'm a quiet person, hmm. you know, but when I have someone sit in my chair, it's like that side of me comes out where I try to comfort them and be a friend to them, just not a barber, you know, but be a friend. And I treat them as a friend, not as a client. I think it's really important for a barber to have that, um, within them to, uh, be able to and um and, and you know and just comfort them when they're in that chair you know and uh I love it man.
0: Yeah it's it's a it's a crazy thing about like you mentioned about the trust right yeah because like if I go to you and you know I don't have any hair so you know it's <laughs> kind of like a tough thing right um but you know when I if I go to you to get a haircut yeah I'm trusting you to make me look good. Yeah. You know and there's like um there's a little bit more gravity to it than yeah. just a haircut because some people they're they're trying to impress someone like on a date. Yeah. They get a cut or like an interview or like a first impression or anything like that, or like a big meeting. And so they're entrusting you with their outward impression. Yeah. And so like, do you ever feel pressure for that? When you, when you start cutting hair, it's like, damn
1: man, if I mess this up, you know, in the beginning I did, but I mean, throughout the time with practice and, um, you know, you just build your confidence and in your art. So, uh, for example, you know, my boy here, he'll text me, you know, and be like, hey, I need a cut. I'm going out on a date tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, all right, come through. No problem. Before, right. yeah, I'm like, man, I don't want to mess him up because they say that the first impression on the guy is how they look. Right. You know, and the haircut's one totally. of the, you know, that that's definitely a, a plus, you know. So, I mean, you can have like a good outfit, but if you don't got here, you know, fresh, yeah. you know if you don't <laughs> got your fresh haircut, you know, to some girls, you're still going to look like a bum. <laughs> you know, that's because, you know, they have told me, you know. Right, so, right um but no now you know i have uh clients you know they tell me hey i got a date tomorrow make me look fresh i'm like all right and then they sit in my chair i'm we're, you know i'm cutting the hair having a great conversation and mm. then when i'm finished and i turn them around they're like oh dude this is fresh dude i don't even right. i don't even turn them around to see the haircut i wait till i'm finished mm. but it's because that trust like we were talking you know um, so uh yeah that you know a lot of my clients well every client you know if, if i think if they continue to come back with me is because they have that trust. Right. You know, so yeah, man, it's in the beginning, a lot of pressure, but now it's, I guess it's just the confidence in my work. And Hmm. I guess, you know, me just knowing that they have always been pleased with the service that I give them. It's a, it's a good feeling afterwards as well, man. Yeah.
0: It's got to be gratifying too. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like it's, it might be a different thing if, you turn around, they're like, uh... You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if they are happy, yeah. then it's got to be gratifying. And it's
1: it's happened before where, you know, those clients, especially in the beginning, mm. where sometimes, um not that I give them bad haircuts, it's just mm. that they're so used to getting a haircut by their barber. And oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, when I turn them... There's little things. Yeah, you know, yeah. exactly. So um, those are the type of clients that will be like, oh, this and that, this and that. Mm. But my personal clients, every time I've cut them, I guess since they're just used to my quality of work they they always leave pleased you know and that's satisfying to a barber because it's like i did a good job right, right you know it's not like they leave angry or mad or <laughs> displeased and then because i've had those experiences yeah right. where you know there's a client and it's not that i make a mistake it's just that they're not used to the way that i cut yeah you know and then it's
0: not what they were expecting exactly right, you right. know
1: and man like they'll just start talking trash and i'm like Hey man, this is yeah. this is <laughs> this what is the best that I can this do exactly. For you. you know, like yeah. every barber cuts differently. Hmm. You know, and there's a lot of clients that don't understand that, you know, but um it's it's, it's all it, it's all about the trust, hmm. you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean now my clients, you know, they they leave please and I'm left satisfied. Just knowing that I, I I gave I gave a great service and then you know the reward at the end is pretty yeah. dope.
0: <laughs> um so let's let's back it up a little bit, yeah. right? How did you get into being a barber,
1: man? Um, it just runs in the family. Um, it started off with my grandfather. My my grandfather passed away about five years ago. But um, before he migrated here to um, the United States from El Salvador, he had uh, five boys and five girls. Being in the you in, know in, in the time over there, they didn't have a, a a great income like how you know we could say how we do now, how my parents have now. Um, he had to cut their hair. Right, so what he would do is he'll get a bow and give him the bow cut you know what I'm saying <laughs> he'll get like a like a knife or a machete and just right. shave the sides off so then uh I guess one of my aunts just uh she picked it up, started uh, cutting a few of my uncles picked it up, and then uh wait,
0: wait wait time out time out go back he gave you a bowl cut without scissors
1: without scissors with a with a machete. <laughs> To my, to my father and, like, all my uncles. <laughs> Damn, it's crazy. It it's crazy. Style. Yeah, savage style, man. Um, good thing, you know, I didn't have to go through that. <laughs> but um, it's crazy, man. It's crazy um, when he'll, like, tell us all those stories and stuff like that. Hmm. So, I mean, basically, like, a few of my aunts and uncles picked it up. My dad picked it up. And uh, my dad has five boys. My dad migrated from AirSylder here in his early 20s. He had five boys here. He was the only one working because my mom was a stay-home mom. Yeah. So my dad had to cut our hair. You know, so from there, one of my oldest brother picked it up. And that's when I got introduced to like skin phase and stuff like mm, that. Yeah. And I was like, I like this. And then my aunt, who had learned she had migrated from El Salvador to the United States and she lived with us for like two, three years. So my dad stopped cutting our hair and my aunt started cutting our hair. Mm-hmm. So and she was she was like really good. Right. So she's better like, than your dad, <laughs> better than my dad. Yeah, I mean, because my dad was no mostly, hate, no, no hate. <laughs> hate. My dad was mostly scissor work. Okay, my aunt she did a lot of the skin fades, used she the had razor. The clippers, yeah. yeah, she had all that. So, um, she actually introduced me to the skin fades. Hmm. My brother actually picked it up from her when she moved out, and then my brother started cutting our hair. And then when my brother was was like twenty three years old, I was like seventeen or eighteen. He moved out with um at that time his girlfriend. They're not together anymore. Um, so he had moved out. So I had no one to cut my hair. And it was just me and uh, another brother of mine. Who, um, he's actually handicapped. Not having a license, and but trying to look fresh. It was hard for me to uh, to move around to a barber or for my brother to come and cut my hair. So I remember it was, uh, we were going into New Year's of 2015. And usually we have a, a service on the 31st to enter the New Year's. Sure. And... Uh, at that time, I had my permit. I told my dad, hey, let me get the car real quick. I'm going to go get a haircut. So mm-hmm. I went. I got my haircut. When I came back home, my brother, he was like, damn, like, you got your fresh cut and I don't. He was like, I'm looking all rough right now. And I was like, damn, I felt bad. Right, right, right. So I was like, I was like, let me cut your hair. He was like, you didn't even know how to cut hair. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but, like, I can learn. Like my, I can learn. Yeah, I can learn. I was like, my brother left his clippers here. I was like, like, let me try. Mm-hmm. And he was like... He was like, I got no other choice. He was, right. like, he was like, just cut my hair. I was right, like, all right. right. So uh it started right there, man. Um, what I did was I had a uh, put a YouTube video on how to do the, the certain cut that I wanted. I saw the full video, like a 30-minute video. And I was like, I was like, all right, I got it. So I got him ready in the chair. And what I did was I played the video, saw the first step, uh-huh. press paused, and then did, did the first step on him, then played the second step, did it to him, paused. Damn. third and then i i I just went from there man, and really I mean for real for real, I was just doing it just to make sure you know he uh, he he stayed clean right you know right. it really wasn't something that I thought I would take it it was like a necessity, thing. yeah exactly yeah. you know i, I didn't think I'll take it so seriously and you know get to this level where I'm at now, so I was like, I like this a lot, mm-hmm. I mean, I will always like tell myself even before I started learning how to cut, I was like hmm i want I want to if I would be a good barber. I would always question myself because, you know, it, it runs in the family. I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder if I'll pick it up. You know, I have cousins in El Salvador that picked it up and they are great barbers in El Salvador. Right. So I was like, man, this is something that runs in the family. So I was like, let me see if I could pick it up. So uh, every two weeks I was cutting him, but I was like, I want to, I want to learn more. Right. But I just yeah, can't yeah. learn. Because you're just doing the same
0: haircut. Exactly. Over over. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, it, I, I really wasn't trying to do skin fades on him because mm. he has really delicate skin. Mm. So, um, the fact that I was learning, I didn't want to put so much pressure from, right. you know, the clipper to like his skin and stuff like that. So, um, I was like, well, I just got to continue with these, um, regular cuts, you know, mm. formal cuts. And then, um, that's when, uh, my boy Ugo came in and, um, uh, he was like fourteen years old. His mom was a single mother at the time, working full time, so it was hard for her to uh to take him to a barbershop and he and he will always be in my house like 24 right. seven in right. the summer all summer like he would he, he probably wouldn't see his mom for like two weeks to come <laughs> spend time with us and um we had so much free time in our hand he's you know his um his hair texture is um it's really thick mm-hmm. so I could give him a skin fade today three days later it will be back.
0: So it's like constant practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: so with, with him, it was like an every week thing. And I didn't mind because I was like, I was like really enjoying it. Mm. And I, I was seeing like results and practice and stuff like that. He was getting cuts every week and every week. And I was getting better and better. One of my brothers, actually, it took him two years to let me cut his hair. And mm. this this is the one that was cutting my hair before. Right, right. But that's right. because he knew. He already knew. And he was like, you got to work on this and that. I'm mm. going to wait a little bit. And um, now, I mean, they're all my clients, you know, so I mean, (laughs) it's dope to see where you start and just see progression in the time and the sacrifice, dedication that you put into something. You just start seeing results, you know, and uh, it's paying off a lot.
0: Yeah, it's great to see that. I mean, like so many people are just okay with mediocrity these days, you know, it's like, uh, it's good enough kind of a feel. Yeah, yeah. But it's so great to see someone like you who is striving for perfection. And you know what? Like, haircuts you guys got, like the the skin fade yeah. and like the tight lineup and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Like, I don't really go for that. I just get the Korean lady to shave it every couple of <laughs> weeks. But like, that is all about precision. Yeah. Like, you see it. Like, I see a lot of barbers on Instagram just because it's cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, they got all these different techniques and like all these tools and they get the razor and they line you up like all. Like, yeah. It's like. It it really is like like watching like a painter or like yeah. a like a sculptor or something. It's art, yeah. So it is it's it's so great to see someone pursue something as you know I don't want to say as simple as a haircut, yeah, but yeah. something so everyday as a haircut yeah. with such precision, such yeah. dedication is it's really inspirational. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean,
1: it's it's an art, man. Being a barber is a art, and it's something that it, I mean, back in the days, it wasn't seen as something as um you could take seriously and do this as a career. But now, you know, it's, it's really paying off. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, we're in a living in a generation where haircuts are more modern and, you know, different techniques and skills are coming out. You know, the barber has to stay updated with that. Right. You know, right. so it's like we're forced to upgrade with whatever is going on yeah. in, in the barber field, in yeah. the barber industry, whether you're a cosmetologist or, you know, um, hairstylist or a barber, you know, you have to stay updated. You see barbers nowadays, they're getting razors and, Um, lighting them up with fire yeah i saw that i was like what is that it's crazy and i mean some some people find it crazy but that's creative you know Mm. that's how you catch people's attention and right right you know from there it leads to uh people hitting you up be like hey i want to come get a cut yeah so you know so yeah i mean barbers have to stay really updated with what's going on and and clients like that
0: you know like you were saying barbers are like therapists right yeah but then they're also like they're like a like a stylist, like a style guru, yeah. and then also they really need to be on top of like what's coming next because, you know, with fashion, you know, it's only there
1: for a little bit, yeah, and
0: then it goes away, yeah, you know, pretty soon, maybe in five years, we're not getting skin phase no more,
1: exactly, yeah, right? it, it, it's all a trend, man. Like mm. you go if you go down the timeline, I mean, I can't give you the specific dates, but. There was a time where people were rocking the long hair. Yeah, yeah. They were rocking the comb over with no skin fade and the sides, right. just a trim and a cleanup. Uh-huh. Um, the afros. Yeah. You know, but now you're seeing more skin fades, you know, um, tapers. Yeah. You know, a whole record. I mean, something new now that's um going on is doing freehand designs on, on people's haircuts. Right, right, you right. You know, and, and, and that's art. There, one, of, one of my um my favorite barbers right now his name is um Rob the original he uh he uh drew uh the last supper on the back of someone's um that's head that's crazy if you go on and you see it you're going to be like that's crazy that's yeah. art you know so barbers you know we're upgrading you know yeah, and and yeah. we're making a living off of this it's not the bowl this. cut no more right it is not not <laughs> no more not no more
0: that's awesome so tell me about your barbershop unique cuts
1: I love it there. I mean, I've been working with at Unique Cuts for like a month and a half now. Basically, I was in the salon. And um, working in the salon and in the barbershop, it's a different vibe. I think if you're a barber, you should be in a barbershop. But it's a whole different vibe in a barbershop, man. You go in, you're surrounded by guys. You know, you guys are talking what guys talk about, mm-hmm. sports, and other things, you know, guys yeah. talk about. You know, so it's it's a whole different vibe. And that that's just what I wanted. And um, I was in the salon recently cool people i love them Till this day we're friends you know but it's just i i felt like it wasn't a place for me to be so i was just driving around looking for a shop and i just saw unique shops right there and i went in and spoke to the owner i was like hey you know i'm i'm a barber i'm in a salon right now but i want to be in a in, in a barber shop and we talked and she allowed me to uh to come in and join the team and now I'm there working with them. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's dope man. Is it
0: like a black barber shop? Yeah or? Okay. Yeah, yeah
1: the majority of clients there are uh, they're black people um I'm the only Hispanic in there. Oh yeah I'm the only Hispanic in there so I mean it's cool to see diversity in the shop mm. you know and just see uh people of different race and cultures you know it, it just builds a nice a nice vibe yeah. to it you know you have people come and just talk about their cultures and and you learn from one another. Yeah, for sure. You know, sure. and then I also get, you know, more more um experience and, and learning from, you know, just cutting different types of hair textures and mm. all that. So it's dope, man. Unique, unique cuts, man, dope owner, dope shop, and mm. really cool vibes in there.
0: Yeah, man. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about this. So, like black barbershops, you know, historically have always been like almost like a community center. Mm-hmm. You know, like people spend all day in a barbershop yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, and they're just talking. Like you were saying, yeah. like barbers talk to each other, customers talk, and it's it's almost like a forum yeah. for like people to come together and like share ideas and stuff yeah. like that. Do you feel like a sense of responsibility to kind of continue that? Because it's not just about going in and getting cuts. Right, right. It's like the conversation, it's the community that the black barbershop traditionally builds. Yeah. Do you feel like a sense of responsibility to like continue that and further that as you work
1: there? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, it's there's clients that come in that they don't get a haircut with me, but they still come and say, what's up to me? And, and you know, and we greet one one another. But it's because, like you said, it's, it's, it's like a place where they come and just feel comfortable and yeah. just be themselves and be able to communicate with one another. And, I mean that that's that's beautiful, man. It's beautiful when people can come into a shop just to chill, just to chill and just talk with one another talk about, you know, whatever it is, you know, yeah. sports, sometimes, you fights know, fights, yeah, like, you know, fights, you know, relationships, relationships all and all that. So yeah, I I love what what the barber game, the barber industry has has built, you know, especially in inside barbershops. I love it a lot. And and it's dope that um barbershops they're like that. I mean, it's nice when people come and, you know, just to come and chill and just say yeah. what's up to you. You know, I have clients that they come, they don't even get a haircut, but they're sitting right there <laughs> and we're just talking, you know? Right, right. So uh, it, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They should, we should, barbershops should definitely continue that. Yeah. Because um, it, it just makes the client feel more loved and more wanted. Right, right. You know?
0: Right. It's, it's very different because like for Koreans, like because I'm Korean, I mm-hmm. go to a Korean shop and it is... What number clipper on the sides? What number clipper on the top? There's yeah. not a lot of communication going. It's, it really is. Let me get in. Let me get out yeah, real yeah. fast. And you know those ladies are good. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. You know the, you know I used to go to a Vietnamese lady for like six years out in um like in the Van Ness area. Yeah. I used to walk down. It was called a Cutting Edge. Okay. I used to sit in the same chair, Kim, powerful Kim, and we wouldn't talk but she knew how to cut my hair exactly the same yeah. every time and then, you know, give her a nice tip and then leave. But it is it is really strange because, like, you step into a black barbershop and it's, it's like, a whole other vibe. And I've never been to one, mm-hmm. but I've seen, like, videos on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, everybody's, like, talking. There's, like, yeah. music and stuff like that. You're know, in a Korean barbershop, all you hear is clippers and scissors. <laughs> it's it's really different. So, I mean, like, but that's such a beautiful thing, though. It is,
1: man. I've, I've, I've worked in places where... All you hear is, is arguments, um, <laughs> females, man, like just arguing and just talking bad about one another. And I don't like that. <laughs> the gossip, yeah, gossip, yeah. man. I don't, I don't like, I don't like working in in, in that atmosphere and that mm. vibe. You know, it's just, it's just not my vibe. You know, um, and uh, and in a barbershop, it's way different. Like whether you're a female barber or a male barber, they show that respect to one another mm. and they show respect to the clients. And the clients show that respect to their barber and then to whoever else is working there. Right, right. Yeah, man, we got music, you know, playing. Uh, all the barbers are laughing, you right, know, right. Uh, making jokes, but respectfully, it's just what I like. Leave the drama out. You yes. know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, if you're sitting in my chair and you got a vent, go ahead. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, I actually have a yes. client who's Korean. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he uh, he trains right there in, at Lloyd Irvin's. Oh, okay, he came yeah. for He came for the first time. Like uh, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, Coach Jamal told me about you because um, Shauna told Coach Jamal. He's uh, the Muay Thai coach there, right? Shauna told him that I was a barber. And uh, that day, his name is William Kim. He uh, he needed a haircut. And Coach Jamal told him, go, I'll go see Dan. And he's like right down the street because I'm literally like two minutes away oh, from Lloyd Irvin. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's pretty that's a good. That's a good yeah. set of all the fighters coming yeah, to sit exactly. in your chair. That's what I'm trying to do. Get all them fighters Yeah, man. But uh, so he came and um, he sat down. He, he didn't know what he wanted. Well, mm-hmm. he, he gave me like like a, an example of what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me give you something what I feel fits you. All right. And if you like it, good. If you don't, then don't worry about it. It's on the house. Right, right, right. So um, I gave him a cut and uh, he's always up for something new. You know, it was my first time cutting him. But right, he right. told me I'm always up for something new. He was like, just leave the, the chin strap. Mm-hmm. I want to try it. I was like, all right. He was probably on my chair for like forty-five to fifty minutes, gave him a full service, gave him a hot towel and all that. And then uh all the barbers there were coming and saying what's up to him. Hmm. And uh he was like, yo, like this is different. I like I like this. You know, like everyone showing me respect. Um, you're giving me a great service. And what's funny is like he he paid me before I even started the cut. Oh, nice. And uh I usually charge twenty-five, but he was like, I'm gonna send you thirty. I was like, All right. So he sent it thirty through the cash app, right? And then he was like, he was like, you know what? He was like, you're doing really good. He was like, I, li- I like your personality. You're giving me a great service. You're just a good person overall. And I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And after I finished the cut with the hot towel, I turned him around, and he liked the cut. He was like, I like this. I like it nice. a lot. He ended up giving me an $80 tip.
0: Damn, man. I
1: was like, dude, like, I was like, that's a lot. He was like, yeah, but your service, the, the friendship that we built, Right now, it's worth more than what I just gave you. Oh, so wow. I was like, man, I was like, that means a lot, man. So, yeah, um, he's
0: he's always gonna see you, you know? Yeah, he
1: texted me. He was like, save my number. Hmm. I'm a new client. That's so that, awesome. that's dope, man. That's a great it's story. Dope. So, I mean, just the fact, you know, him coming and feeling the vibe of, you know, being in, in, in a black barbershop mm. and how respectful everyone is, you know, to one another. And, you know, I was cutting his hair. The other barbers weren't cutting his hair, but they came to him and, you know, and greeted him. That's and awesome. show that much love and, and and respect, man. That's what I love about the black community, man. They show so much love and respect to one another. I love it, man. It's
0: tough because like life outside the barbershop is not always nice like that, you know? Yeah. But then when you come in, it's almost like an oasis yeah. from, from life in general. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why people tend to open up to barbers because they're in there. They feel safe, Yeah. yeah. you know, their wife isn't there, you know, <laughs> their girlfriend's not there that's or so whatever true. it is. So, so it's true. like... You know, this is like my time to rest. And, yeah, you know, it is really nice to to see that still still existing. Yeah, um, yeah, man, man I gotta find myself a better barber shop. Right <laughs> <home>. <laughs> Although the Korean lady, she is super fast. That that is that is key for me.
1: No, speed. yeah, yeah, speed, speed, No, I, <laughs> I feel you, man. Like yeah. I was working. Uh, I don't want to throw shade. No, or no, no, anything, no, no. You know, know saying throw, you were working somewhere. Yeah, I was working somewhere where um a bar a client of mine's. So, basically, what, the way I like working with my clients is um, by appointments. I accept walk-ins, of course, you know, because I want to make more clients, you know. But if a client of mine sets an appointment, if you reserved it, that's your time. That's your spot. Sure. Because I know, you know, people have places to be and their time is worth as much as mine. You know, so um, I was working at this one place where um, it was first come, first serve. It was a place where it was a lot of walk-ins. Mm. So... Whoever came in, you had to cut them. Open
0: open chair and yeah, exactly.
1: So um I remember it was Thanksgiving, this um this past Thanksgiving last year. He came the day before Thanksgiving. He waited four hours Damn. just to get a haircut by me. And I was like, yo, that's loyalty, but I wouldn't have gotten mad if you would have left. I wouldn't want to wait yeah. four hours.
0: Four hours for a cut is that's stretching it. it, it yeah. yeah, it
1: is. I mean, even an hour, an hour and a half, yeah. that's stretching it, you know what I'm right. saying? So it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten mad if you would uh, go to another barber, you know, mm. because, you know, I understand they got places to be. It is,
0: it is cool to see that you're building a client base that is that loyal.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's a, that's a good one. I mean, everything is based on, uh, it's based on like referrals. It it sounds like yeah, you know, yeah people I'm, like what you do. Yeah. They tell other people they're coming in. That that's that,
1: that that's how Shana became my client. You know, I'm I remember when I, I recently I went to El Salvador because my grandmother had passed away. So um, I think I went for like a week. And I have a client. I have a client that he usually comes like every week. He's another guy, man. That his hair is like it grows back quick. So he <laughs> just looks like a wolf when it grows back. <laughs> right. And um, he had gotten a haircut two weeks prior to me going to El Salvador. And then, like it was just random. You know, it was, that trip was just random and then got on the flight. I was gone for like a week. He waited almost like three weeks to get a haircut with me. Man. I was like, yo, that's loyalty, dude. I was like, I mean, I wouldn't have been mad right. if you would have gone Went somewhere else. Went to someone else, else, right. You know, but that's loyalty, man. And, and I mean, it's dope when you build something like that. Right. You know, it's it, it just shows how much they appreciate your work and your right. art.
0: So these days... Social media is, like, really huge. It's a part of virtually every industry now. Yeah. And, like, for some reason, uh, on Instagram, I really fall into, like, uh, Instagram, like, black holes. Yeah. Where, you like, you click one thing, you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you just keep scrolling. You're watching, like, people threading eyebrows for, like, three hours sometimes. <laughs> you're like, what What did, What just happened? But, like, the barber videos are really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. They do, like, the time lapse and, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah um does that like impact your business like having like social media presence and like doing all that stuff
1: it it definitely does because it shows the people the service the quality work that that you give even without them being in there so it's like when people i I got a lot of clients that they're like oh yeah, I, i saw your your cuts on instagram they like they already know you know what they're gonna get so it's like they don't come in with that um fear like oh is he gonna mess up my fade right, right, or my right, shape up right. yeah especially a shape up man when someone yeah. messes you up sometimes like you see the there was this one video and it
0: was in a black barber show it was this kid who had his hairline pushed back real far oh, and then all the barbers like what you gotta oh, yeah. do is you gotta you know get the yeah. razor and do that. everybody had an opinion i saw like, that one man, yeah that was hilarious poor kid man
1: yeah man i I've had clients like that. His little brother actually one day tried giving giving himself a part oh, and no. he used like a razor like not the like one a, blade razor like a Gillette razor. Yeah, like a Gillette razor and had a. this was when, when I was beginning how to cut. So I had to work some magic, man, and I did it. I I think I still have the picture, but um That's awesome. But I made it work. But yeah, man, um marketing yourself in social media, man, especially if you're like uh like a barber, a photographer, a tattoo artist, artist, artist. you know, you have to uh, promote yourself a lot. Mm. You have to market yourself through social media. And it's something that I'm learning a lot. My brother's actually a photographer, and um, he tells me, he was like, dude, you got to market yourself because you don't want clients to come in and not know what type of work you do, what type of service you do. And, you know, they're sitting in that chair with that fear, but when they see your pictures, when they see you know, especially you know, I don't I don't do much videos. I want to get into that, um, especially the time lapse videos and stuff yeah. like that. But um, people see that on social media and they're like, he's a good barber. Like I know if I go sit in his chair right now, I'm not gonna come out with a wonky looking. Exactly, yeah. you know. So I have a lot of clients that um they see me on social media and um you know they hit me up through um Instagram, and be like, hey, I want to come get a cut. They come, they just tell me what haircut they want, mm-hmm. and they leave satisfied. Yeah, man. You know, so that, yeah, I mean, marketing yourself, social media, plays a huge role in in the barber game.
0: Yeah, man. So, I've always wondered about this. So, like, in a tattoo shop, basically, tattoo artists pay rent on their, like, station. Yeah. Is that the same way in a, in a barbershop?
1: Yeah. Um, so, that's where salons and barbershop are different. In salons, especially in Hispanic salons, which, you know, I've had experiences working in Hispanic salons. It's uh commission based. So basically um you get a percentage per cut. So they charge less than what you'll charge in a barbershop. So you're seeing less money hmm. when it's commission based. Right. There's barbershops that are commission based, but uh it- it's rare. And commission based shops, like I said, you get a percentage, you know, and they give you that percentage. It could be 50, 55 or 60. So if we're charging eight you know twenty dollars for a cut in a salon or a commission-based mm-hmm. you know shop um and they're giving me 50 percent of it i'm only getting ten dollars from that cut and if the client gives me tip it could be five to ten you know that's fifteen twenty dollars in a cut mm-hmm. in a barber shop the barber sets their prices
0: oh okay you
1: know so it's like me, I, you also gotta know what you're worth. You also gotta consider the service that you give, the quality of cut that you give, like and, experience. Exactly. You know, yeah. so I'm not gonna go and charge right now fifty bucks because I know that's not where I'm at, you know. But I think I'm in between the twenty and thirty-five range. Mm-hmm. You know, so um I start my cuts at twenty, mm-hmm. twenty-five. There's clients that I charge them twenty-five, they leave me thirty bucks, sometimes they leave me forty, mm-hmm. and that all stays with me. Right, I gained one hundred percent of that profit, right, you know, so if you if you got a lot of clients and you're charging twenty five to thirty a cut and you could do a cut within an hour, yeah that's like making thirty an hour right in a commission based you're probably gonna be getting half of what you'll be making in a right, barber shop, right. you know so you you definitely see a bigger income in a booth rent shop mm. um but yeah, it's like it's like a you know like in a tattoo shop, you pay. Booth rent every week, and in, in, uh, in a commission based, you get a check every week, but they take that percentage right. off. Right. Oh, okay. You know, so that that's the only difference about it. But I mean, if, if you're a barber and you got a lot of clients, the barbershop makes more sense to yeah, do it that way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you make a better cut yourself, and, and I mean, and, and it works for the barbershop owner as well. I was working in this one shop in Silver Spring. The booth rent there was three hundred a week. Is that is that high or that's high.
0: okay? That's high.
1: I mean, if you have a good client mm. clientele, you know, then you can make it happen. Then but you can still. make it happen. But I was just starting at that right, time, right? 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 You know, and um, it's tough to get people to take a chance it, on exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. And then having to pay that weekly, like I had to take money out of my own pocket oh, to man. pay that. So I was losing instead of gaining. Right. I mean, it's all a sacrifice. Yeah, because it's the, all experience. Right? Exactly. But I mean, you also got to think about like what is gonna work for me? is is this gonna work for me? Am I gonna mm-hmm. lose or gain? At the shop where I'm at now, I don't gotta take money out of my own pocket. Right. You know, basically, you know, I'm making that money every week to pay the booth rent at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And I'm still seeing a profit. Right, right. You know, so and throughout time the more clients that you build, yeah it's, you just, know, more more. it's just more and more. That's just more and more profit real. for you. you
0: yeah. Know? It is um you see the results of your skill and your labor instantaneously at the end of
1: the week. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, because like if you're a bad barber you're not seeing people, you're not seeing any money. You yeah. know, it's like a, a direct thing. Not a lot of professions are like that. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Because, like, you know, some guy working in an office or whatever it is, you know, he can slack off a little. He's still getting a cut, yeah. you know, a, a check at a the check, end of yeah. the week. So, yeah, yeah
1: I, I, I was working in the office, like, last year. For, mm. like, three months I worked in the office, getting paid, like, 20 an hour. I was like, this is a good check every two weeks. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, I could be making more if I was a full-time barber. And the thing about it is, like, it's not a hard job to do. I mean, you're standing, like, all day, but you don't even feel it. You, you, you Like, time goes by quick, you know, because you have cuts constantly, and you're having these great conversations with your client. Like, I'll be cutting. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Like, this past Friday, I was I was in the shop from, like, 9.30. I got out at 11 oh, wow. at night, and I was cutting. And it was 9. I was like, all right, starting my day off, I was cutting. And then I look up, it was like three. I was like, "Oh dang, I was cutting." <laughs> and then I look up, it was like six. And then eleven came. I was like, "My day went by fast, right?" Right. So uh, you know, what I mean, and it, it's chill. You're having a great time with your, you know, your coworkers with your clients. Mm. If you're looking into going into the barber industry, man, it's great pay. Mm. It you know, you build a lot of friendships, a lot of trust with with people, man. And um, it it does take time in the beginning. To yeah. get to that level, we're going to start seeing that um cash flow. But, I mean, everything takes time. Yeah, man. You know, it's like, I mean, I could have stayed in that office job and uh, be a project coordinator getting paid at 20 an hour. But, if you know, if I would have stick to it now, I could have been like an assistant project manager getting paid, what, 26 27 an hour? Yeah. So, anywhere, you know, it, it doesn't matter what field you're going into. In order to start seeing that good cash flow, you know, it mm. takes time, yeah. you know, time, dedication. The good thing about barbering is you're your own boss. You're flexible with your own time and uh, you can make your own schedule, basically. If I want to work eight hours a day, I can't. If I want to work only five, I can't. It's a, it's a dope field, you know, a nice industry to be in. And uh, it's it's real compensating at the end.
0: Yeah, man, it is. It, I mean, you are one hundred percent in charge of your destiny when you're yeah. doing something like that. Yeah, for sure. It's like your own ability is paying the rent. Exactly. Essentially. So, yeah, man, that's crazy. It's it's
1: it's dope, man.
0: So when you when you left the office job to go into barbering full time, mm-hmm.
1: like what was that like? It's crazy, man. Because I've been cutting for like five years now. I went to barber school and everything. And um, when I was working that office job, I, I guess I was just really frustrated with um, the little money I was making. And um, my friend actually got me into um, working there. They had that um, that position open. And she was like, you know, construction, you know, because um, my, my father has a, like a small remodeling company. So mm-hmm. um, he, and he's like been doing that for so many years. So it's like me and my brothers, we picked it up and we learned it. They have more knowledge in mm-hmm. it than me. But you know, my friend was like, "You have somewhat, yeah." You know, so she got me into it, and I was there for three months, and um, I had missed cutting hair, man. Like I always knew, like I wanted to be a full time barber, and one day open a shop. You know, that's the goal. And um, our boss was actually out for a week because he was sick, so I was in the front desk, uh, for like an hour, just like reminiscing. And then uh, one of my coworkers came, and he was like, "What's wrong, Dan?" I was like, honestly, Ray, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. And he was like, what? I was like, "Like being in the office, sitting down, I was like, I like it. I like what I'm doing, but it's just, I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Right. It's a great check, but it's not what I love. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I like doing it and I enjoyed it, but it's not what I loved. And um, he was like, then why are you here? I was like, because I need a check. And he was like, well, what do you love doing? I was like, I love cutting hair. And this is what he told me that made me quit that job that same week. Uh, He was like, why are you helping someone else build their empire when you have an empire to build yourself? And that really made me think. And I told my friend when she came back, I was like, hey, I don't don't think I want to continue doing this anymore. She was like, why not? I was like, because I miss cutting hair. I love it she was like then quit this job and go cut hair so that same week i put in my um my leave notice and um and i left and i've been cutting full-time ever since man and it's probably been like the best decision i've ever made
0: well why did you because you, you said you were cutting hair you've been cutting hair for five years For five years why did you duck out to take the office job was it because you're like i need the stability or yeah yeah like, it, okay? it
1: was it was more because of that man um so many bills, man. So mm. many bills, you know. And the thing is, in the beginning of my barbering career, I was like inconsistent with it. So mm. it's like, I'll cut for a few months and then it's like, I wanted more money. I'll go and find me another job and cut part time. I will lose some clients. Oh, and then when I, I come in, when I will come back in and do it for t- like full time, it's like starting
0: over. Again. It's like starting over, yeah. you
1: know. So it's like, she was like, my friend was like, if you're going to do this, if you're going to quit this job, then be a full time barber, because then you're going to find yourself in the same place you were three months ago. And I was like, I was like, you're right. And um, so I, I quit. And then, like, my parents would just tell me, they were like, you just got to be mentally ready for this. There's going to be frustration and stress when you don't see that cash flow, especially when you got bills. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's frustrating. But, you know, I, I, I quit that job last year in january a year later i've been consistent with it and i just been grinding it out and i mean for me you know being on this podcast is like it's just showing the results of being consistent you know and, and just putting time and sacrifice into it and i still got a long way to go sure i'm only 23 man right and i got a lot of you know i got so many goals and So many plans that I want to accomplish in my life, in this career. And um, I feel like this is just the beginning. I feel like now, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually, I feel like I'm in a better place where I can um, remain calm and focus just on this and grind it out.
0: Yeah, man. It's always awesome to talk to people who are doing exactly what they want to do. Yeah. You know, um, every single person that has sat there is Getting after exactly what they want to do. Yeah. You know, musicians. I had a girl that is uh, an event writer. She she rides horses, like jumps and stuff like that. It's crazy stuff. She's doing that. You know, Shauna Dobson was there. You know, I had a pro boxer. Sharpshooter Outlaw was there. And it is just, it's so inspiring. I talk to people like you and it's just like, man, to see someone getting after exactly what they like to do, it almost validates like some of the decisions that I've made in my life.
1: Yeah. My my parents, I guess you know, since they migrated from El Salvador, they migrated from a place where they had little income and they had a like my dad had had to stop going to school at the age of seven to start like doing Helping labor out. work yep. over there, and um so my dad's a really hardworking man, but he experienced what it was to um not have uh not even a a high school diploma and all that, yeah. so um he would tell me like like you're not going to take this thing seriously then join the the military or Mm. he really didn't want me joining the military that's something i still got to share with you um and uh he was like or go to school and i was like i just don't see myself going Mm. to school it's not that i don't want to it's just when i was in high school i wasn't the best you know what i'm saying it's like i mean like i would miss school and then go get my grades up just enough just to yeah. pass the quarter you know and like i mean a lot of people will think oh daniel that's a smart kid i'm smart don't get me wrong but it's just <laughs> like i wasn't responsible right right you know so i had that fear to go into college i, I mean, didn't want to go into it and then drop it's money. out it's, yeah, money. it's money it's money mm-hmm. my brother's in it and i see how stressful it, it, it can be and he was mm-hmm. like daniel like <laughs> like honestly like me knowing you Sticking to barbering, (laughs) he tells me, sticking to barbering. Older brother, my older brother, yeah. yeah, He's going to school for um architect, yeah. He he, he wants to learn um how to like be an architect and all that, so uh, he's going to school for that. But he and I was trying to go to school for that. He was like, stick to barbering, Daniel, (laughs) trust me. So uh, so yeah, I mean, my 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 father now he's uh he's really like happy that um I'm uh taking this seriously now and Mm -hmm. um you know I'm grinding it out. Sometimes he would text me. My mom would text me, Daniel, where you at, like late at night. I'm like, I'm still at the shop, mom, working.
0: See, it's that uh, immigrant mentality. Yeah, my parents too are immigrants, yeah. and it's it's they they grinded it out so that we don't have
1: to. Exactly, you know? and it's it's understandable. Like, I mean, I I can't blame my parents because mm. they just want the best for us.
0: And like that's the thing. Like I was talking to a, a girl that was on your last time. She's a singer. Yeah. And I was like, you know, when you told your parents you wanted to be a singer, because that is also a grind. Yeah. You know, it is. I could totally see their parents, you know, it's like, do you want your kids to have this struggle to make money and to have a future? Or would you just rather have them work in an office, you know, steady paycheck and stuff like that? And it's like, you know, there are merits to both sides, Yeah, you know, and for our parents, you know, who came over from a completely different country, no knowledge of the language, they come here, scratch out a living, like they don't want that for us. You know what I mean? But, you know...
1: I feel like, yeah, yeah I mean that's how my parents are man. I have a daughter actually so they um they tell me like you have a daughter focus on something right now then the future is going to pay off for you and your daughter so it's like when you have a kid it's like a whole like, like it changes like the way you think and all that right. so I had to sit down one day and be like it's just not about me hmm. it's about my 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 daughter now and her future so I think you know cuz the thing is like right after high school I became a father and I was actually going to join the military, but it didn't work out with her mother and I. It's like, I didn't want to join the military because what if they would have stationed me or deployed me somewhere else? Mm. I was going to be far from my daughter. And from what my father has taught me and my brothers, always be there for your kid, both emotionally and physically, you know? So it's like, just having that bond with my father and, you know, I have that bond with my brothers. Um, it's like, I want to have that bond with my daughter. You know, whether it's gonna work with her mom or me, I still want to be there for her. So right, right. I didn't join the military, and I was working labor. I was doing labor work after high school, and that's when I started picking it, picking it up. on mm-hmm. um, the barbering, and I picked it up, and I was like, "Yo, I can make money out of this." Right, right, so right. I started doing it in my basement, mm-hmm. started getting clients, and then when my parents saw that, they were like, "Yo, make this make this a career," and I was like, "Well, can you help me financially to go to barber school?" And he was like, think about it, because that's money. I'll let you borrow the money. You know, I'll help you out. But don't have asset." Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, all right, give me some time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Give me some time. So I think I went like three months. And then one night, I told my dad, I was like, dad, this is what I want to do. I was like, forget the military. This is what I want to do. So he was like, all right. He gave me the down payment to go to the school. I went to the school, completed my hours and everything. And then, I mean, the rest is history, man. Yeah,
0: man. That's a
1: beautiful story, though. Yeah, man. So know. what's
0: what's what's the goal for you? Do you want to own your own shop eventually?
1: I think every barber should have that mentality. Mm. If I'm going to be a barber, then open the barbershop. Right. And you don't want to build
0: someone else's empire, right? Exactly. I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, I have much respect for the owner, man. She has built something really nice. But even she tells me, like, I know sooner or later every barber here are is going to want to is going to want to open their their own barbershop. Hmm. And the thing is the barber game is growing so much that you're seeing kids out of high school now going from high school straight into the to um to barber school. Hmm. You know, and you see more barbers nowadays. So it's like let's say the group that unique cut has right now. 5 years from now we all open our shop, she's still going to have more barbers come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it, it's a it's a feeling in an industry that's growing hmm. that if you're a barbershop owner, you know what it feels to uh, have that desire. Hmm. So, you know, like, uh, Char- Charmonique, that's her name. That's what, you know, the shop is called Unique Cuts. Uh, you know, gotcha, so gotcha. it's pretty cool. She told me, she was like, I know one day you're going to want to open your own barbershop. Hmm. And you should pursue that because that's where it's at. Right, right. And every barber should have that mentality because that's like if you can open your barbershop man is like going through the school building your clientele it all paid off but it's more than just opening a barbershop it doesn't end there Hmm. you know there's more you know just continue continuing to grow there's these um salons in our way the owners they have like five salons
0: oh they're building like a chain of exactly
1: so i mean it's a lot of work, you yeah, know? I mean, it'll be dope to get to that level, probably not so close to one another, probably <laughs> like one here somewhere yeah. like in Silver Spring or something yeah. like that, but uh, definitely that's the goal to open a, my own shop, and uh I was even talking to uh danger Dawson cause she's like really like like she's really like helping me out as far mm-hmm. as like promotion and stuff like yeah. that and um she tells me like don't you think it'll be cool to one day open like a half gym, half shop and <laughs> half people come into the barbershop yeah. and you have like, like glass windows and you see like the gym and everyone sees like the, the, your clients see like people sparring and stuff like yeah. that. I'll be like, yo, that will be dope. It's about being creative, man. Hmm. And, and just keep growing. You know, definitely there's a lot of growth into this. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Well, Hair doesn't stop growing, exactly. so they're always gonna see barbers. <laughs> that's so.
1: true, man. I have clients that come every week, <laughs> every week, <laughs> yeah. man. So that that's definitely, man. Barbers, hairstylists, cosmetologists, man, yeah. we're needed. Yeah, we're needed. for sure. For Especially sure. now in this like this generation, they want fades and all. Yeah, that. Yeah,
0: and man. everybody wants to look good. I mean, yeah. that's aside from a short time in the '60s where that hippie look was good, and then grunge in the '90s. But like every other time, you know, people want to look nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man, we've been talking for a minute, so is there anything else that you wanted to say?
1: If I could shout out, like, my social media yeah, and stuff sure. like that. Yeah,
0: for sure, and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll read it out again in the tale, but yeah, go for it, dude. So So,
1: uh, I got a personal page, and I got a barber page, so if you want to know, know about my personal life, that's Daniel Bernal, my last name is spelled B-E-R-N-A-L, underscore I. Okay. The I is for my middle name, so Daniel Bernal, underscore I, and then if you want to follow my barber page, um, that's danny d-a-n-i underscore fresh cuts that's uh where i promote myself do my mm. marketing and stuff like that and then uh one more goes uh, um goes out to uh unique cuts man much love and much appreciation to um to that barbershop man and unique cuts that's u-n-e-e-k-c-u-t-s underscore l-l-c so yeah man
0: yeah dude yeah. I appreciate um, it yeah man and and for me man it's always a pleasure to talk to someone that is so focused on their goals and so focused on taking their craft to like the extreme you know in yeah. perfection and dedication and stuff so you know talking with you has just been a pleasure for me yeah um, yeah, man Daniel Bernal thank you for coming on
1: appreciate it and if you're an MMA fighter come see me I'll, yeah. gi- I'll give you a discount hey for sure <laughs> for, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And whenever you want to come stop by, man, I do house calls as well, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. And there you have it. The 21st episode of the Lucha Lounge podcast is in the books. Mm -hmm. Having conversations with people who are so focused on achieving their goals is always something that I enjoy. And this was no exception. If you'd like to see what Daniel is up to, check him out on Instagram at Daniel Bernal underscore I and at Danny underscore Fresh Cuts. Also, be sure to check out Unique Cuts in Clinton, Maryland, or visit them on Instagram at U-N-E-E-K-C-U-T-S underscore L-L-C. Well, I guess that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all the support. I have a bunch of guests scheduled for the upcoming months, so stay tuned. Until next time, bye.